What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Chord Chronicles. Wow, we had a week off, and it feels like it wasn't a week off. I'm just going to say that right at the top of the program. Oh, I know you had a trip, so uh, you can tell me how that went real quick. It was good. Um, it was nice to get away, get away from Kentucky for a little bit, and the weather was nice, so I hate cold weather. I can't stand being cold. So I went down to Florida where, I mean, it's Florida, but at least it was warm. And there's some cool stuff there. You know, we got to see manatees and stuff like that. Yeah, as long as you don't have to deal with the people. Oh, all, my, all our Florida fans just, oh. <laughs> you know, they know how bad it is there as well. <laughs> hey, I don't like dealing with people anywhere. It's not just Florida. <laughs> well, we have some crazy news this week. I don't know if anyone else is aware. I'm sure it's everywhere. But we have UFOs. We have had a Chinese balloon be shot down. But the other things that have been shot down lately, like as such as the two craft that were over Alaska and the one craft that was over Montana, that was not a balloon. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the uh, video. It may have been a drone. It's still considered a UAP slash UFO. So, I mean, obviously, I believe there's, there are things out there. I don't know that this is otherworldly. More than likely, it's something that's we just don't know about. That's technology, you know, and who knows where that came from. But that's pretty weird. I don't know if you've seen any of those. You know, the balloon, obviously, we saw it. But then the other craft is what's really weird. When all this stuff with Russia going on, who knows? I'm just hoping, you know, that the... Uh, extraterrestrials like music <laughs> maybe they're listening to the podcast maybe that's what it is they came down here because we didn't have a sh an audio program last week and they were irritated about it but then they got shot down so <laughs> maybe don't maybe don't uh don't talk shit <laughs> but, but chord chronicles out here starting conspiracy theories <laughs> exactly but we do have a couple serious things i mean uh, you know obviously the ufo balloon thing could be serious but we don't know anything about that but they did have a major earthquake in turkey i believe there were two but at least one that i know of was at least a 7.8 and there's a lot of damage and you know just casualty over there so thoughts and prayers do go out to the people of turkey their government may not be that great but as i've said in the past i don't care anything about governments i care about people so you know, like I said, thoughts and prayers do go out to all the people of Turkey because that is a big deal. 7.8. And we only... Yeah, I mean, that was really sad. We only had one celebrity death. And, you know, we've been going over that lately. So, I mean, I guess that is a bright spot in the week. But, you know, if, I don't know if that's a way to phrase it. But we did have one. <laughs> that there was only yeah, one. Yeah, we did only have one. Um, we had February 8th of this year, Burke Bacharach. He passed away at 94 of natural causes so i mean 94 is a pretty good run and he made a lot of music we're going to be talking about some of it i'm sure but i don't know a lot of his stuff is more 60s i thought but and 50s he's in you know 94 so he's probably been making music for a while yeah but a lot of 70s artists covered his songs <laughs> oh yeah so i'm sure his name will come up again and then only there's only one other thing I want to touch on real fast because media coverage isn't <laughs> it isn't touching on it a whole lot, 
I don't know if anyone out there has heard about the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, or Palestine, I think is how they pronounce it, down over there. It is Ohio. Once again, I'm going to alienate uh, more of our listeners because Ohio is, uh, hmm, it's Ohio. That's all I'll, I'll say. <laughs> but Home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know. What a place to put it. But anyway, yeah, you could have put it in um, Detroit, but um, <clears throat> let's just uh, leave it at that, but um no, uh, prayers, thoughts and thoughts and prayers do go out to everyone in that area and the surrounding areas, including parts of Pennsylvania, parts of Indiana. It doesn't quite make it up to here in the water system because this was a major train derailment with spill and fire and everything. And it's like chlorine, uh, chlorine plasticine, I think is what it's called. I can't remember. It's bad stuff. It's really bad. It killed a lot of the, I think, mean, all the wildlife there and the fish and everything and it's in the water system and it's going to make it to the ohio river so look out everyone they're not telling you but don't be drinking that water don't drink it anyway but really don't drink it so because i think we're looking for some bad stuff pretty soon from all that but i guess cross our fingers on that one maybe it won't maybe it won't pollute the the dirt maybe we'll actually be able to grow crops because you know there are parts of ohio that are already uninhabitable and I'm not just talking about, you know, Cincinnati. <laughs> that one was for you, Gary. Be nice. But My goodness. <laughs> you know, uh, we're not here to talk about any of the, the news, but I do like to bring out some current events because, you know, you can't only focus on news, you know. But uh, we do have some good albums this week. And it, we had good albums last week as well. I said we didn't have a program, but we did review everything. So if everyone hasn't had a chance, you can check out our Instagram because we did write a small, you know, just nothing real, really that lengthy, but we did give our star reviews and everything like that. And we had some really good albums. I mean, Iggy Pop, Raw Power. Well, I'm still listening to that. I've Especially the 2023 mix. Going forward, that's probably the only way that I'm going to consume that album would be, you know, the new mix because everything is not as muddy. And it needs to be muddy because it's punk, beginning of punk in a lot of ways. But it needs to be a little clearer when you're trying to enjoy it for me. So, But yeah, really good albums last week and really good albums this week, at least in my opinion. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how your week went as far as listening goes. But there were bands that I'm already familiar, bands and artists that I'm already familiar with. There wasn't really a lot of surprise artist-wise, so, but I don't know if you have anything else to add. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry for the hoarseness of my voice, guys. My allergies are killing me now that I'm back in Kentucky. Too many bath salts down in Florida. We know. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get started with our music because that's what we're really here for. And, um... Well, those of you that don't know, we take albums that are celebrating their 50th year anniversary and we'll listen to it and break it down and basically just talk crap about it. <laughs> no, no. But um, I'm not going to be talking a lot of crap this week, honestly. There, there were pretty good albums. There might have been one album that I couldn't really get into. It's not really a bad album. I just didn't really like this particular you know offering from this band but we're going to get into that later i'm going to start off with an album 
that came out February 11th of 1973. This is a band, we did miss their debut album because we didn't hit 72, but I've already listened to the debut album before. The band is Blue Oyster Cult. The album, Tyranny and Mutation. I always like the imagery and, I don't know, the imagination that that uh, Blue Oyster Cult brings to their music. A lot of, some people, I think, may have thought it was a little corny at times because it's, it's evil or, <laughs> or whatever. I mean, I think there was a controversy over the Blue Oyster Cult logo for a while, from what I could tell. Which is crazy. It's, I mean, it looks. I guess it does look a little bit like an upside down cross or whatever. But I'm sure that's all tongue in cheek and on purpose. <laughs> but like I said, we did miss Blue Oyster Cult's debut album. It came out in '72. I have listened to it, and I probably will listen to it again. But it's a little bit different than this album. There was only one, like one single. From Tyranny Mutation. It's Hot Rail, Hot Rails, if I can speak. Hot Rails to Hell. Another thing I will point out before we even really start going. This is the week. I mean, last week I think I may have heard a couple curse words in the music. This week, I heard multiple curse words in this music. Not that I care, but I thought it was a, you know, maybe that's signaling we're starting to get a little freer with the language in music. Because there are two or three songs in this album and... You know, a couple more for, uh, in, in another album we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I did notice that. They did say, uh, like, a few more curse words. So, if you know, if you're sensitive to that, or if you have, you know, you don't want your children hearing something like that, <clears throat> it's not noticeable, but it does happen in, in these uh, two or three of these songs. I didn't mark the exact songs or anything like that because it's not that big a deal to me. But I just wanted to point that out because we do try to keep it PG most of the time here. But personnel-wise, you know, I never really delved down into who Blue Oyster Cult was. You know, I've I've always you know listened to Don't Fear the Reaper and Godzilla and Cities on Flame with Rock and Roll stuff like that. Which um, Blue Oyster Cult's debut album is Cities on Flame with Rock and Roll. That's the big album from or the big song from that album. But I've never really delved into the band itself. They're all immensely talented. I guess it was just one of those bands where I just, I liked them, but I didn't love them. There are bands that stole, I want to say stole, they were influenced by Blue Oyster Cult sound now. Like Ghost, a lot of the songs from the band Ghost are heavily influenced by that Blue Oyster Cult doom metal sound. But, like I said, the personnel, you have Eric Bloom, rhythm guitar, synthesizers and vocals. Donald Buck Dharma Rosler. Rissler, Roser, I don't know how you pronounce that. Lead guitar and vocals. Alan Lanier, keyboards and rhythm guitar. And then you have Joe and Albert Boussard on bass guitar, keyboard and vocals, and then Albert plays drums and does vocals. Everyone, I think, has a hand in backup vocals. You know, I didn't really notice that throughout the song. I didn't hear that. They all sound really similar. You know, it's funny, you mentioned when we, before we started pro, uh, the program that you were worried about Boris, your cat, making noise. <laughs> My cat is in there meowing at the door, so <laughs> we may have Smokey, oh. so <clears throat> he doesn't like the door closed. Um, yeah. I thought this album, 
and I'm not going to like go song by song, track by track on it. I thought this album was pretty cohesive. I mean, uh, Blue Oyster Cult typically aren't going to bring you any ballads. It's not that type of band, which is good. <laughs> it's good. It was, a, it was a good welcome break from that for me. I, you know, I like I like ballads, but I like I like some fun music, and this was a fun album. And I really only have a couple notes. I think the song "Baby Ice Dog" it has lyrics uh, by with Patty Smith, so she helped with that. I think she actually may have had a had a hand in writing that song. I don't know about that, but she, I know she did backup vocals, and um, she actually and I did not know that. She made a lot of lyrical contributions to the band Blue Oyster Cult. I didn't know Patty Smith was involved with them, but so that was a pretty interesting thing that I found out. And like the opening track, the red and black, I wondered what they were referring to, so I did a little bit of digging. And it's the the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. So they're singing about the Mounties. And uh, I mean, I guess Blue Oyster Cult is Canadian. Didn't know that either. So, yeah, so, I mean, I learned a lot about the band, like, when I'm looking about this, and usually I learn a little bit, but there's, like I said, I didn't, I didn't really delve into Blue Oyster Cult, other than, you know, the, the songs that I already knew, but, uh, the song Red and Black, the, the title, the opening track on this, this album, it's a retitled, re-recorded version of I'm on the Lamb, but I Ain't No Sheep, and that was the, off the band's debut album, and I haven't had a chance to go and compare the two, but I have listened to them. So, I'm sure they both have that Blue Oyster Cult sound, if you know what I mean. The guitar's tuned way down, it has like a doom metal sound, uh, somewhat, not really evil lyrics, but just, you know, it's metal. It's, 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 it's something like the, the presentation, but I really don't have much else to say. I, uh, I imagine that. I actually like, like my favorite track is the longest track on the album, um, the, the fourth song on side one is called Seven Screaming Dizbusters. Don't know what Dizbusters are, but I love, you know, you might know. So maybe you can clue me in. I didn't look at that. I just like that song. I mean, I like the, the whole first side was excellent. Honestly, the whole album's pretty good, but I really like the first side. And like uh, Baby Ice Dog on, on side two is good and Wings Wetted Down. Uh, really, there's not a weak track on here i did waver back and forth i'm not going to give my stars right now but i did waver back and forth because i really liked this but then i felt like i maybe i was being a little too generous at times because it's it, nothing stands out it's just all really good really good guitar the vocals are clear the production's excellent so i don't know this one was a a pleasant surprise for me this week i knew i would like it but i didn't know i would love it and I, I kind of love it. So, but, you know, that's really all I have to say about it. You know, what did you think about Tyranny and Mutation? I don't have a whole lot to add. Um, this is another one of those albums that just drops you right in immediately. There's no pause. There's no buildup. Just bam, rock. Um, we, <clears throat> excuse me. We are clearly getting more into the hard rock era, and this is part of that. So, you know, that's what this is. It's going to be harder rock. I will say, though, that one part of Odeed on Life Itself, that song, mm -hmm. 
kind of reminded me of long, cool woman in a black dress. So there's that. That's not hard rock, but this was like a, a harder rock version of that. I also liked Seven Screaming Dizbusters. That was my favorite as well. We're not going to go into what a Dizbuster is. I didn't know. I looked it up. Um, it's dirty. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I already knew. I already knew. I was just waiting for you to explain it to everyone. Everyone looked that up. We're trying to keep I'm it I'm not going to explain it. <laughs> yeah, PG. So, we're not going to go into that, but it was a pretty catchy song. I don't really have anything else specific to say. In general, the album was good. There's no Don't Fear the Reaper here. You know, don't expect anything like that, because you're not going to find it on this album. But the music is good. I did think it was just a little standard for hard rock of the time, but this is early in that era, so you do have to consider that. And I will also you know, throw out this caveat. Um... I had to listen to this in three different sessions, <laughs> so that does sort of make it a little difficult, but because we were on vacation and driving around, you know, I had to pause several times in the middle of this. Makes it a little harder to rate, but I did think it was good, like I said, just maybe not, not that different to me. But I still thought it was good, so I gave it three and a half stars. <laughs> In anticipation of that, because I wanted it to be a four-star album, because I feel like it is. It's not a four and a half, but I figured you would give it three and a half. And like I said, I wondered if I was going a little too heavy on it, but I knew you would be uh, critical, because it's not Elton John. Ha <laughs> ha! No. But, uh... <laughs> I like more than Elton John. <laughs> but I, I did give it four and a half. I felt like my score was a bit high, but I feel like it's a four-star, because... The production thing, because I feel like the production's excellent on this album, especially, and probably I did get a remastered copy. I'm sure everything is now, for the most part, minus, you know, Bob Seger back in 72 or something like that, but, uh, uh still looking for that, but, um, you know, I just, uh, I really liked everything about this album. I, I, I'm excited for future Blue Oyster Cult releases. There may not be, I mean, we're going to get Don't Fear the Reaper, because we haven't had that yet. Eventually, I don't know when that came out, but there are other tracks I know, uh, you know, from Blue Oyster Cult that are excellent as well that we haven't hit. I mean, you haven't, you don't have Godzilla yet either. We haven't heard that, so that's probably, that's you know, that's one. probably coming up pretty soon. So I know, and I can hear they're starting to mature a little bit in their sound. So, but I, I didn't, I listened to that 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 Blue Oyster Cult, you know, the 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 seventy two album. And can try to compare it to this one because I did have a little extra time. I really didn't have a little extra time, but I chose to do that instead of listening to another album that we're going to be talking about this week. Oh, but uh, no, I really liked it. So I think four stars is a pretty good score between the two of us. It's pretty accurate, I think. I think a lot of people across the internet, of course, the internet's never wrong, but I think they pretty much say this is a, a three and a half to four star as well. From what I can tell, I don't usually base my scores off anyone else, but I do like to go back after I've given my scores and see what the general consensus is to see to see how far off that we are, because a lot of times we are, especially jazz. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, and like I said, no, no, go ahead. Go like ahead. I yeah. said, the flow of mine was broken up a couple of times, so that does make it a little harder to enjoy it. 
So that could also affect you know, why my score was lower than yours. I think this one would be good on vinyl. It, I think it does miss the little bit of a unclean sound at times. Because it is doom metal. I think a lot of times they, it does sound really good on a vinyl. I don't know those out there that know yeah. the difference, but can hear the difference. That's my, my cat over here bugging me. <laughs> you know, he knows the yeah, difference. Yeah, rock needs to sound a little dirty. Yeah, so, But yeah, four stars. Blue Oyster Cult, Tyranny and Mutation. I strongly recommend everyone check that out because it's an excellent album. You know, you're going to need to be into death metal. And if you've already heard, you know, Don't Fear the Reaper or something like that. Um, I don't know. This is a little more... What, less theatrical in ways? Because, because this is more straightforward 70s rock. It does have the doom metal stuff in it, but this is more straightforward than something like Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah, this is not quite as pop-friendly. It's more just rock. But I like rock. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, excellent album. I, I enjoyed it tremendously. Just like, spoiler alert, the next album we're getting ready to talk about I enjoyed tremendously as well. This is an artist I was already familiar with. I think you had an Amy's All Alone from 71. I think it was 71. I can't remember. But it's uh, the artist. I'm just going to go ahead. This album came out February 18, 1973. And this is Rory Gallagher. The album is Blueprint. And Roy Gallagher from Taste, I think. Yeah, I always get those bands yeah. mixed up. Taste and Free. For some reason, the members, you know, obviously we know a couple, but, you know, stuff, people like that. I always get that mixed up. And uh, what Roy Gallagher, Irish blues artist, which is interesting. I always thought he, he sounds like, I'm going to just go ahead and say it, a better Eric Clapton. <laughs> a lot of these songs are very, they sound a lot like some Eric Clapton. I, it's just it's really eerie at times maybe maybe uh roy gallagher wasn't as big of a jerk than uh eric clapton i don't know my only <laughs> this is my personal someone can probably correct me if i'm wrong my only gripe i love album covers but i'm also a nerd and when someone calls something a blueprint and it's an electrical schematic that does bother me. I don't know why. A blueprint and a schematic are exactly the same thing. And they did color this one blue. But typically you don't hear blueprint when you're talking about the plans for an amplifier. Which is the cover of this album is the uh, schematic that they painted blue. To call it a blueprint. <laughs> I know it doesn't matter to anyone else but me. But I just that's the one gripe I had. It's not accurate. That's not a blueprint. A blueprint builds a house. A blueprint builds something. A blueprint doesn't do electronics. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Maybe it's because of you know, him being Irish. Maybe they use the word differently over there. Just because they use it differently doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> now, um, uh, now, honestly, though, that's, that's the only gripe I could say about this album. Uh, I don't have a lot really to say. This is a bl mainly blues rock. Blues and blues rock because it's what Rory Gallagher is. I mean, blues and blues rock is probably my favorite. If I had to pick a genre of music, blues rock is probably my favorite. Um, this is his, well, this is Rory's third of four albums. He doesn't have that many in his catalog. I know 
the next album that comes out this year was combined with Blueprint when it was re-released. They released, it's called, uh, I think it's Fragile is the name of the album. Tattoo. Yeah, Tattoo. And uh, Tattoo and Blueprint, if I'm not mistaken, was re-released together in a, like a double album. I know there are two of these, Blueprint and something else. So I'm, I'm actually going to try to find that and see if it's a double like collector LP, like a vinyl, or if it's a CD. But I did see that when I was when I was looking at uh, the music or whatever. So, and I think when you're looking on Spotify, there are two bonus tracks. I listened to them, but I didn't consider them in my my rating for the album because they there were you know they're on the CD, they're not on the vinyl. So, uh, I like how balanced this album is. Four side four songs on each side. I will say though, I don't know why. This album felt like a double album. I don't know why. Like, I love blues. But when I was trying to listen to this and just listen all the way through it, I could not do it. I could, I would, I could, I had to listen to like one or two songs and then step away for a little bit. Otherwise, they kind of just fade into one another. And I couldn't tell, other than the fade out and fade in from a track, if I didn't catch that, I didn't know that another song had started if I wasn't just actively paying attention. So, that would be maybe my only complaint. Probably my favorite song on the album. I like the opening track, Walk on Hot Coals. Some sound country all of a sudden. Coals. Um, and I really like Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. It's on side two. It's a really long track. Eight and a half minutes. Excuse me. Hiccup. But I, I really did like it. But... You know, I can't really say anything interesting about this album other than, you know, I liked it. <laughs> you know, this is one of those albums when we're trying to come up with something to say. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I, I didn't I didn't say that, you know, run through the personnel. I will really fast because it's not that there's not that many people in this band. Obviously, you have Roy Gallagher on guitars, harmonica, mandolin, saxophones and vocals. You have Jerry McAvoy on bass guitar. Lou Martin on keyboards and some guitar, and I believe Lou is new to the band on this album. I think he brought Lou in on keyboards to replace someone else. I don't know that. And then you have, and I don't know this guy's last name, Rod, and it's D, a small D and an E, and then the apostrophe, Dioth, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what, it, I don't know, but he plays drums and does percussion. Um... You know, like I said, I don't really know much else to say about this album. If you like blues, if you like blues rock, you're probably going to like it. You're going to think this sounds like some of Eric Clapton's stuff when he when Eric Clapton does the blues. I think Rory might be a little bit... Hmm, I like his guitar style a little bit more than I do Clapton's, but that's just personal preference, and that may just be because I don't like Eric Clapton anymore. So, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this album. I don't have a whole lot to add other than it's a, it's a good listen, but you're not going to tell the, be able to tell the difference between the tracks unless you're actively there, you know, paying attention. So it's one you actually have to give your time to, if you care about that. If you just want to put it on for background music or whatever, just something to have, it's good. You're not going to be disappointed there. But yeah, as a cohesive album, I don't know. I didn't love it, but I like it. So, you know, what did you think about it? Well, um, 
first of all, vocally, it's kind of meh. But musically, it was good. No. Um, maybe, well, no. Definitely not as good as the Taste album that we reviewed early on from 1970, I'd say. That was not long after we started the show, and that one really excited me. You know, I, I just really loved that album. It, it reminded me why we started this show, and I still love it. I wouldn't call this one... I wouldn't call it exciting. It was good, but I don't think it was surprisingly great the way the Taste album was. And I know we did have a solo album from Rory Gallagher. It was in 1971, but I don't remember it. I was thinking maybe it was one of your solos. So, I don't know. Maybe we've just both forgotten it. It didn't stick with us, I guess. I don't know who reviewed it, but... Somebody did. Um, as for this album, probably not surprisingly to those of us who listen to our show regularly... Banker's Blues was my favorite track on the album, because it was the bluesiest. Um, the music was fairly bluesy throughout the whole album, though, but it was a little more modern blues, I'll say, for most of it. You know, good modern blues. Banker's Blues was a little more traditional, I would say. It was the only track that was not written by Rory Gallagher. It was a Big Bill Brunsey song from, I think, the 30s. So, that would explain why it is more traditional blues. I really liked it. I didn't think that the other songs were quite as exciting, like I said. That's the best word I can come up with. They were good. I did want to mention, though, that my favorite was the only one he didn't write. I'm not docking points from a score over it, but it's just something to consider. He's a great guitarist. I think Maybe this week in general wasn't the most exciting week, but I expected that from looking at the schedule. Yeah, but that's okay. Not everything has to be at that top level of excitement all the time. That's unrealistic. It's not sustainable. It was still a pretty good week. I don't really have anything else to say except to give my star rating, and it sounds like you know, I wasn't impressed and I didn't enjoy it, and that's not the case. I did enjoy the album. I think that Rory Gallagher is a great guitarist. The vocals didn't thrill me, but they weren't bad. So I'd say, for me, this album was not like super great, but it was good. I gave it three and a half stars as well. I was a little bit higher on it than you were, but like I said, I do love blues. I gave it four, but... Um, I can see the three and a half as well. It, there's nothing that's just just amazing on this. It's just good. It's just good blues rock. He didn't really do anything, take any risks or chances or anything here. This is just a good album, right? You know. Um, I do. I do want to mention. I do really like Roy Gallagher's use of slide guitar. He plays he plays a slide guitar. I think it was Banker's Blues who might have been using the slide in that. I can't I can't remember. The more traditional blues stuff is he, he's excellent. He's like a uh, you can hear him like a Bo Diddley influence a lot of times in his stuff or that style of blues. But uh, 
yeah, I gave it, I gave it four. So I can see, you know, what between the two of us it being three and three quarter. Yeah, that's probably about accurate. Um, I think the album that we're going to review later this year, Tattoo, I think is a bigger, as far as hits and everything, I think it's a little bit bigger album than this one. So I'm looking forward to hearing it to see if anything changes, to see if they kept the keyboard because you know, this is the first time that, you know, he's introduced keyboard into his music, which I like. I like key at keyboard and piano with your with the blues music. It just gives it that additional I don't want to say like bar, like a <laughs> like you could normally hear a, a blues you know artist or whatever. They would be in some bar or whatever. They might play guitar. I mean, you might have someone playing piano. So I'm uh, I'm excited to hear what you know Roy Gallagher has in the future, and I will be looking for that that combined album. You know when they put the two albums together. I don't remember what they they titled that. But, I, um, you know, a friend from work who's a big Roy Gallagher fan actually told me about that. So, but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the stuff from Roy Gallagher in the future. Just, uh, you know, this maybe wasn't an exciting album. Doesn't mean it's not good. But everyone go, be sure to check out Roy Gallagher, Blue Schematic. So, see what I did there. <laughs> All right. Now... The rest of the albums that we're going to talk about, we don't have a definitive day, a release day for. We just have the month, and that's, you know, February of 1973. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to go ahead and start this next album we're going to review with, I like this band. <laughs> I like Steve Winwood. I did not like this album. I don't know why. I, I think maybe this the second song being so long. You know, I love long long tracks or whatever. This album... Okay. This is uh, Traffic, Shootout at the Fantasy Factory. I even like the title. The album title. I like the album cover. I think it's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's all blue. I thought it was interesting. The bottom left and top right corners are folded in. And they were made like that with the album, which is interesting, I think. I don't know why they chose to do that. It's supposed to just be an artistic thing. It makes it appear to be a cube. If when you look at the, at the you know, the uh, vinyl. So as far as album covers go, I really do like the cover. But as far as songs go, wow. You know, I thought I really liked Traffic. Turns out. I only kind of like traffic, I guess. <laughs> um, I mentioned before the second song on side one. It's 13 minutes and 40 seconds long. There's only two songs on, like only five songs total on this album. But Roll Right Stones is the second song on side one. It's 13 minutes and 40 seconds long, and it feels like three different songs. But not even in a good way. Not in a good way for me. So I don't really have a lot a lot to say about this album. I it was a hard listen for me, which was amazing because I do like this this band. Uh, I will run through the, the personnel, and that's really all I have to say. This is the this is the personnel. You have Steve Winwood doing lead and backing vocals, acoustic piano, acoustic piano. I thought pianos are all acoustic, but anyway, organ and guitars. And I thought a I thought a electronic piano was a keyboard, but anyway, uh, Chris Wood plays saxophones and flute 
You have Dave Hood on bass, Roger Hawkins on drums, Jim Capaldi on percussion and backing vocals on two of the songs. And you have Rebop Kwaku Ba on percussion. That name uh, rings a bell. I don't know why. I've seen that before. And I think he worked with uh, another band that I like, a German band called Can. I think that's who that's that that's where I know that from. So, but uh, if everyone hasn't checked out Can, we haven't made it to them yet. We will. I think they have an album this year. I don't know. I haven't looked ahead yet. But I know Can is a '70s rock, uh German band. From I think, <laughs> and I'm totally wrong here. But um, honestly, though, like I said, there this is one of those albums where. I just can't, I could not get into it. I thought it was boring. The music's good. There's nothing just, like, glaringly bad. It's just wasn't my week. This wasn't my week for it. But, really, like I said, I don't really have anything to say about it. What What did you think about Traffic's shootout at the Fantasy Factory? Well, I've got a little more to say than you, maybe. Um, not a whole lot, though. The title track actually reminded me of Smoke on the Water. Uh, there was a similar riff in the background. Yeah, I yeah. was going to point out that, but also, uh, sometimes, no, no, I'll just leave it at that. It wasn't very nice. It wasn't very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought there was a similar riff in the background. That bum, 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 bum. It's like one of the easiest riffs to learn ever. It's one of my first riffs yeah. to learn. <laughs> It is. It is the classic first song that everybody learns, but I did hear that in the background. But there was a little bit of funk in it, too, I thought. Um, Roll Right Stones was long. It was a little too long, a little too repetitive. I didn't hate it, though, <laughs> so it could have been worse, but I agree. It needed to be shorter. Evening Blue? That one also reminded me of something else. I couldn't put my finger on what, which drives me insane, but it sounded like something. I feel like Steve Winwood's vocals at times, they sound a little bit like Peter Gabriel. Not like, yeah, cra not not it. crazy Peter Gabriel, like Sledgehammer or whatever, but more the more subdued Genesis <laughs> stuff that we've heard. It reminds me of, the vocals are very similar. I don't know why, but just the tone, they may sing in the same key, but it hits me the same way. But actually, I like uh, Peter Gabriel better. But anyway, sorry. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Although I will say, Crazy Peter Gabriel is my favorite Peter Gabriel. Sledgehammer's a great song. Now, anyway, that one, you know, it reminded me of something. I couldn't figure out what, which annoyed me. But I like the song pretty well. I really like the saxophone that was in it. I can't talk. Saxophone. I, it was a little bit unexpected on this album for me I don't know why I just wasn't expecting it I don't know to be as prominent I guess but I did think it fit the song and I thought it sounded good it's not entirely unexpected for traffic so I don't know why I wasn't expecting it on this album you know I think of traffic in terms of songs like feeling all right which the sax fits with that but I will say, this album is not the same kind of traffic as Feeling Alright. 
you know, that was very early. They changed and grew along the way, but that is the song that I know best and associate most with them. Well, I don't remember the album. Well, the album title, the album right before this album, we I think we reviewed it. It came out in 71, but I like the title is escaping me right now, and I think we really liked it. I remember really liking it, but like I say, Traffic's one of those bands I thought I really liked, but I don't know. They didn't. They did just did. They didn't hit the mark with this one for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that one either. But this album is not the same as that you know, '60s. I think it was '60s. Feeling all right. You know, this one to me sounded more like Steve Winwood, like his solo stuff. I could definitely tell that it was him singing, especially the last song. And it is more... It's it's kind of like two albums in one. Two short albums in one. Now, the two halves were pretty different to me. Side A was prog. Side B was jazz. But I actually liked both of them pretty well. I don't really have any specific complaints. I thought it sounded good. I don't think that any of the individual tracks were hits, um, but they were all pretty good. So I was between a couple of scores, and I really couldn't decide which one to go with. So I have a tentative score, but I'm going to wait and see what you rate it, <laughs> and that might affect my score a little bit. Well, I'm going to rate it really low <laughs> for me, because, you know, I don't usually... Even I don't even delve into the three star category most of the time. I mean, I might give three and a half. You know what? I considered three and a half for this one. It's not a four star, definitely. Um, I can't do it. I can't give this three and a half. It's not. There's no cohesion. The production's only okay on it. There's only four, like what five, four songs on it because they chose to put the thirteen and a half minute song on there. So ah, this is a three star. This is a three star for me. And I will never listen to it again. So, what did you... <laughs> I definitely enjoyed it more than you. Um, I was tentatively giving it three and a half because I was hoping that you'd give it four. I was expecting you to give it a higher score. Maybe just because you always give a higher score than me. But not this time. You know, I'm going to give it the four. Because I feel like, in reality, it is closer to... Really... I would say three and three quarter, but three and a half is fair enough. So I'm giving it four. It's closer to three, but okay. <laughs> it's the worst album this week. I don't know about your solo album, but it's the worst album this week. It is, by far. By far the worst album this week. And we have a soundtrack coming no. up. You can't, you can't, it wasn't bad. But you can't compare like the soundtrack we're getting ready to talk about. It's hard to put it up against a album, a regular album, unless you've watched the movie. And you know where those soundtrack songs fit in. And I did that this week. So maybe that's what the next album we're getting ready to talk about. Maybe that's why I put it above. And it's a soundtrack. I put it above the Traffic album. But I just, I was not excited at the Traffic album. It just, and I don't, I like Steve Winwood, And I'm excited to hear what his solo stuff is going to be. Because I'm pretty sure that's coming up pretty soon. Because, you know, uh, I mean, half the, the, the album was pretty much Winwood, and half the rest was like jazz. So, so, but uh, yeah, it just was not an exciting album for, for me. Probably one of the, I don't want to say it's one of the worst we've had this year. As my cat's bugging back there. He, he liked it, actually, but he likes Steve Winwood. 
<laughs> but uh, well, me and Smokey are in agreement. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> it was. It was a. It was a. I don't want to say it's the worst, but it's one of the most boring albums that we've had this year so far. That I just could not get through it. But I'm hoping. I'm hoping they have another one, another good one in them. If not, I'm hoping we get some good solo Steve Winwood stuff. Maybe the other members of the band can go, you know, dispersed amongst other bands, and we'll hear some good stuff from them as well. But it's just it's starting to come to an end with traffic. I think. I don't. I see. There's not a lot of cohesion. But you're gonna meow for everybody on cam on the microphone here because I'm not letting you out. He's mad because he wanted him <laughs> in the studio, and now I won't let him out. <laughs> so everyone's gonna get to hear you talk about these albums, Smokey. Deal with it. That's all right. Yeah. Sweet little exactly. smoky. But, uh, like I said, Traffic, though, ah, I'm not excited for the next album, but maybe they'll prove me wrong. So, we'll see. Now, the final album that we both had this week, like I mentioned already, was a soundtrack. Oh, God, soundtracks usually aren't exciting. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I want to go ahead and talk about it briefly before you do because i did not get to watch the movie okay. i didn't get that opportunity well this is james brown black so, caesar is the movie so yeah, yeah I'll, I'll let so you take I'm the mostly lead. go ahead <laughs> i'm mostly gonna defer to you for it since i did not get the opportunity to watch um but i did listen to the album it just it sounds like james brown i mean it's what you'd expect from him I do definitely think it is better than some of his other 70s albums that we've had, which were a little disappointing. Um, this one's better. It's not his greatest work, maybe, but it is good. But since I didn't get to watch the movie, I fall into that area where it's kind of hard to accurately judge the album. I mean, some of it was clearly soundtrack material. It was background music by design. Other songs were more just songs. But it is hard to score a soundtrack without being able to watch. So, while I do have a score in mind based on just what they sounded like. Based on the fact that they just sounded like James Brown. But I'm going to be a little flexible with it based on what you say about how it fit with the movie. So, that's really all I have to say other than my score. So, what did you think about Black Caesar? Well, first off, this album... It has, obviously, James Brown on it. It has his band, the JBs. And it has a lady named Lynn Collins singing backup. That's the the woman that you heard singing the vocals. It was so good. I'd never really heard her before. I think she has an excellent voice. Uh, I'm going to run through the personnel real fast. It's not big. Uh, you had James Brown as the arranger, conductor, producer, and vocals. Bob both on mixing, production, and supervisor. You had Lynn Collins, like I said, on vocals. And uh, Lynn Collins could have been a bigger star, I think. Uh, she has a, a 1972 funk song called Think that I haven't had a chance to go back and look and listen to. But I think she could have been a, a bigger star. But maybe she was happy being with James Brown's crew and singing backup vocals. You know, you can't judge someone's life, but she has talent. And uh, really, I mean, everyone else listed in the personnel it would be like redesign, and they have someone listed as liner notes and all that. So I'm not going to really, you know, go into that. Um, standalone, you can't hardly listen to this without, you know, you can, but like there are things like like the, the chase, like <laughs> the song Chase. You can obviously hear 
in that that something's going on. That's what it sounds like, a 70s chase. Um, this is this movie, Black Caesar, is your typical... I don't say typical, but it's like a, it's like a, a lot of your like your black exploitation films, like Superfly TNT or Shaft or something like that. Except I think in Shaft, I think um, Richard Roundtree is a cop or whatever. But um, in this, your main character—I don't want to get in too too heavily involved in the movie because I don't want to spoil it. If anyone does want to go out and check it out, it's on Pluto TV for free. So you can just go search it out. Um, but it is, if you like crime, like mafia, stuff like that, this this takes place in New York City. And uh, there's, a, uh, there's a black guy who gets involved with organized crime. I don't want to, I don't want to really, you know, I don't want to spoil too many of the details in case anyone wants to watch it. I will tell you, Down and Out in New York City starts the, uh, like the first track. This is pretty much in order from what I could tell. Down and Out in New York City starts the movie. So the opening scene, when you're coming in, you're seeing how crappy the city is. And how there's so much... This is 70s in New York City. I mean, you can... Before... <laughs> before they, they really cleaned it up a little bit. You know, you have all the all the people around. And, you know, it's garbage everywhere. And there's just crime just all over the place. And it's kind of grimy. Uh, there were two singles. I don't think I mentioned that... The, the first track, Down and Out in New York City, and Mama Feel Good. So I thought it was impressive that there are two singles off a soundtrack album. So, but, um, honestly though, this is just the, like this, the track listing and everything, it goes through the transition of a, a young black man who is treated unfairly by a dirty cop and then gets involved in organized crime himself and gets mixed up with the mob and gets in too deep, and it comes back to haunt him. And that's all I'm going to say about it. So, nothing too far out of the box movie-wise goes. The movie itself, probably, if I had to rate it out of five, I'd probably give it about a three, three and a half. Nothing just outrageous. It's a pretty good movie, though. And the soundtrack does match it. Uh, sometimes we have a problem with the soundtracks not quite matching, you know, a lot of times. But, oh, this is, I thought this was really good. I, I've actually listened to Black Caesar, uh, the the soundtrack, more than the Traffic album for sure this week because you could just put it on, and like the chase scenes and some of that funk, or stuff and stuff like that. Just the the uh, just the music. I don't know. I I can get stuff done while like while that's on, and you didn't have to pay that much attention to it. But yeah, you do need to see the movie to accurately be able to match the songs up to the emotion that they're trying to convey or you know it, it isn't a, a good addition to the scene itself so i don't really have anything else to add i will go ahead and give my stars it was surprising to me because i normally don't rate soundtracks that high they're usually only going to be about a three and a half this one i did give a little bit higher i went four stars on it just because once you do put the music up with the the movie itself, it does follow the progression of the movie, and they do fit. They do fit. So, but yeah, uh, four stars for me. It's excellent. It's a pretty good movie. Better soundtrack than a movie. That's not usually the case. But this uh, this time, yeah, James Brown, you know. But yeah, what did you give it?
Well, I'm glad to hear that because I had tentatively given it four stars as well. You know, I thought it was pretty good. None of the individual tracks really stood above the rest for me, but it all sounded good. And I thought even the ones like, you know, as you mentioned, The Chase, I could imagine what was going on with that. They were really successful at, you know, evoking that feeling. And like I said, it all kind of just sounded like classic James Brown, which is a great thing. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with my tentative score and I'm going to give it four stars as well. Yeah, it was pretty crazy that uh, this might be our highest rated soundtrack we've had so far. We've only had about about three or four, I think. But yeah, this is by far the best soundtrack that we've had so far. I'm excited for James Brown stuff, but we all know, you know, this is James Brown's era. So we're going to get some amazing performances, all kinds of like coked out, just sweating everywhere. <laughs> it's just insane. But yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I love James Brown. He's like the godfather of soul for a reason. Yeah, uh, for me, James, it's hard for James Brown to do anything below a three and a half star. So yeah, four stars. Everyone be sure to check this out. Um, yeah, I would recommend the movie. I still would recommend it. Uh, if only that way you can see how these songs do fit in but you can get it free on pluto tv so you don't have to pay for it it's just uh about an hour and 40 something minutes i think of your time so but yeah be sure to check it out everyone but you know this week we had a couple bands that like for, for our solo albums that i'm familiar with the i've seen the name of this band and we missed out on a couple of their albums, I think. I don't think we reviewed their 71 album. I don't think we made it to it. I think when we when we stopped in 71, we missed out on Grin. It's 1 plus 1, I think, is that album. I haven't had a chance to go back and listen to it yet. I did listen to like maybe one song on it. I think this band has really progressed from those first two. Like They had an album in 71. Had one in 72, and then they've got this one I'm getting ready to talk about. You can hear the progression of the band. The band being Grin. Interesting, you know, interesting band name. Um, the The album cover is really cool. Um, I don't think I even told you that the album title. It's called All Out. And I don't know, other than, I wish you, everyone could see a picture of the album cover it's a big mouth, obviously, with a big grin on it, and I think the front cover is a flap, and then when you raise it, and when you open it, the, the mouth is open, and it says all out inside of it, so I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I was not familiar with this band at all, hardly, other than the main person involved with this band, the main person being Niels Lofgren. Um... He's a member of e, the E Street Band, if I'm not mistaken. And then he's other... I've, I've seen him involved with something else as well. But maybe Crazy Horse, I think. Because I think he has a Neil Young connection. This band has a Neil Young connection. I do know that. And I think that's where that comes in. The personnel, I'll just run through them real fast. Uh, the members of Grin are Niels Lofgren. He plays guitars, keyboards, accordion on Rusty Gun. And then he does lead, lead vocals. He's not as good on accordion as Weird Al. We'll say that. Uh, you have Bob Berberike 
or Burbridge on drums and lead vocals. Bob Gordon, a couple Bobs there on bass and backing vocals. Got the ba- the um, the rhythm Bobs. And then uh, Tom Lofgren, which is Neil's um, brother, and he plays guitars and does backing vocals. If I'm not mistaken, he brought Tom in the band for this album. I think this is Tom's first album with the band. I may be wrong about that. Everyone can correct me if I'm wrong about that. I don't know. I don't have that in front of me. And then finally, you have a, um, on this album, they have a, a female background vocalist. I don't know if that's just for this album or if this is for other albums as well, but that's uh, Kathy McDonald. And it's Kathy with K-A-T-H-I. I've never seen that before. It's uh, misspelled on the original thing. is The original like Kathy like with a Y. But yeah, it's it's uh, spelled with an I. It's, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, there's not a lot that can be said about this album. They sound like... It's almost like a country rock at times. They sound like the Eagles at times, I think. Like the song Heavy Chevy, I think that's my favorite song on the album. I could hear the Eagles probably performing that song Heavy Chevy. It, it sounds like one, like one of their songs. If I closed my eyes and just played it, it like right in the middle of their stuff, and didn't know it was, it was theirs, it was Grins already, it probably would just fit right in. So a lot of the songs are like that. This is a... Uh, a country rock rock you know it leans more toward the rock it's not hard rock or anything but um honestly uh it's one of those albums where you just have to put it on and listen to it i uh i've had better albums for our solo albums but i've definitely had worse um and i'm saying um a lot because i really don't have a lot to add i which i feel like i'm doing everyone a disservice when I'm trying to review an album and I don't have much to say about it, but sometimes less is more. Uh, this this album does have quite a few tracks. The uh, if you're not a fan of long songs, you're gonna like this because they're, you know, most of the songs are about three minutes. So I I, uh, I think I did appreciate that after the traffic, trying to make it through that 13 minute song. But yeah, there's like there's like a, a well 10 songs on the original, and then you have a an 11th Love or Else single version on the CD. There was a re-release of the CD in 2009. But, um, yeah, really not not much I can say about this other than it's a, it's a pretty good, just a standard, if you like the Eagles, you're probably going to like this. It's that style. It almost has a country rock feel to it. But, yeah, um, I, I do invite everyone to check it out to see, you know, see if you like it, especially... Like songs like Heavy Chevy. That one really did stand out. And I, I put that on the playlist from 73. So if there were one track, it would be uh, Heavy Chevy. Um, you know, I, I sound like I'm going to rate it low by the way I'm talking. You know, I know I have said it was good, but I haven't had much to say about it. But, you know, this is still a four-star album. It was. It, it may not be my first choice. You know, I don't love country rock that much. But, yeah, I could play this. I could play Grin. I'm excited for the next album to, to hear, if, you know, the evolution of this band, to hear if they keep keep Kathy McDonald for some background vocals because she has good vocals as well. She probably could have, and she might have, uh, made her own music and brought her own songs. You know, maybe she's just a background singer. But, yes, she with her voice, it was really strong, and she could have done more. I, I will say that. Now, they do have... 
they being Grin, has another album coming out later this year. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that one soon enough. Maybe we, we'll probably both have it. But it's called Gone Crazy. I don't know if it's going to be as good as this one. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they even top this one. But yeah, this is a uh, it's a good album. Just uh, not really much I can say about it other than just check it out and see if you like it as well. But yeah, that's Grin all out and it's four stars. That's really all I had to say about it. Do you do you know of anything about from Grin? Have you heard of them? No. Um I'm really intrigued now. I'm going to have to check them out because I do like the Eagles. And that song title, Heavy Chevy, it sounds really familiar. I know there have been other you know more modern artists that did songs titled that, but I feel like somebody else that we have listened to already had a song called Heavy Chevy. I just can't think of who. Yeah, it sounded familiar. It just kept, I'm like, man, I've heard this, I think. Maybe I've heard, maybe we've heard the, the Grin song, and we just didn't know. Or, maybe, you know, who knows? Yeah. But it, yeah, it was, I liked it. I liked that one on the track. The other ones are okay. The other songs are all right. You know, there are some hits. That one, just, just the one track I picked out that I, I could play, you know, more often than any of the other ones because it, it does have that rock it does it's country rock it's really all you, all you can label it as sounds like the eagles but uh i don't know I, i'm anxious to hear what you think about it so you know once you do get a chance to check it out we got all this free time so <laughs> but i'm going to turn it over to you because i have no idea this this artist that you're going to talk about the name looks familiar but I didn't go, and I didn't want to spoil it. I didn't have a chance to listen to the album. So, but the name looks familiar to me. It's British. Is he British? No. Okay. No. Um, I had Mickey Newberry, Heaven Help the Child, this week. And I did not know anything about him. But the first thing that I have to note about this album is how difficult it is to find. It required a little research because you're not going to find it on Spotify. You're not going to find it on YouTube by this name. Hmm. You know, and it's not quite as simple as just searching YouTube for the individual songs either, the way we normally would. Because half of this album, you know, there's eight tracks on it, and four of the, the songs are re-recorded versions of songs from previous albums. So normally, we would... Just maybe skip it, but these were reportedly pretty different from the originals, you know, markedly different. So I wanted to try to find it, you know, but most of those that I found on YouTube just by searching the song title or even searching the song title with the album title, you know, it either just didn't specify which version it was or it mentioned that it was the older one. So that didn't really work out for me. With some more searching, I did find out that this entire album was re-released, along with a couple of other ones later on as American Trilogy. Hmm. That is on Spotify. Now, right in the middle of the track list, in the correct order, are all of the songs from this album. And some of the songs are actually on that album twice, with the second version you know, mixed in with the tracks from the other album it was on, so... That's hard to explain, but just search for American Trilogy on Spotify. Scroll down to the part of the track list that matches what we have for Heaven Help the Child. And just listen to those eight tracks. It starts with the title track and it ends with the second version of San Francisco Maple Joy. 
you know, and as long as you do that, you should be good. I think. I hope. Anyway, that's what I did. Now, as for the album, I'm not gonna lie, I was not excited about this one. You know, like I said, I don't know Mickey Newberry. His style, as described on Wikipedia, just didn't sound like something that I was really gonna love. The album title kind of sounded like uh, a snooze at best. (laughs) (laughs) And all the trouble that I had to go to just to find it, it didn't bode well. But I was trying to be optimistic because sometimes we do get surprised, and that's the best when that happens. So I listened. I was really happy to hear the tone of his voice right off. He had a very pretty voice. He did threaten to slip into John Prine territory a couple of times. But, yeah, I know. But he never actually got there, thankfully. I can't handle the sound of John Prine's voice. Maybe won't you take me back to Munimer County? No. (laughs) Sorry. But, you know, I think... I think that Mickey Newberry was trying for that kind of sound. Oh, not not but, manufactured twang. But, no, it wasn't the twang. Okay. It was just... Instantly, it, two stars. That, that nasally <laughs> you know, grating effect. I think he was trying for that. You know, the scoop, the Bob Dylan thing. But his voice is just too clear and clean and just too pretty to truly get that nasally grating effect that John Prine has. You get the birds and so, the trees and sing the birds. Everybody <laughs> sing. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, he didn't hey, that was sound a good Bob Dylan great. impression. He didn't sound great on those couple of songs that he veered in that direction, but he also did not sound like something that gave me a headache or make me want to throw things like my phone or myself across the room. So it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Big sigh of relief for that because I was worried when it became clear that those were, you know, John Prine and Bob Dylan style songs, vocals and all. I was scared, but they weren't that bad. Oh, and I also did want to mention, I said I don't know Mickey Newberry at all, but I did actually have some familiarity with his name and his work. I just didn't realize it. He had his biggest success earlier on, before this, as a writer. He wrote Just Dropped In to See What Condition My Condition Is In, which was a hit for um, Kenny Rogers in the first edition. First edition, right? Yeah. That was the name of his band. Love Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Coincidentally, that song has been getting stuck in my head for the last couple of weeks, even before I knew anything about this album, so... A little odd, but interesting. But Mickey Newberry is also name-dropped in a song that I think most people probably would know. Waylon Jennings' song, Luke and Bach, Texas. I know that song very well, but I never really thought about that particular lyric all that much. But it says, Hank Williams' pain songs and Newberry's train songs. Well, this is the Newberry. There aren't many train songs on this particular album. There's just one, I think. But that line does refer to him. You know, who knew? Not me. Waylon Jennings, I guess. He was apparently really influenced by Mickey Newberry. So, that's the good. You know, unfortunately, that's really all the good that I have to say 
it's not that the rest is bad. It's not bad, but it was pretty neutral. The songs just weren't that interesting. You know, they were fine. They sounded okay, but they were just very forgettable. You know, that's really all I have to say. You know, like I said, they were forgettable. So I didn't really get the pleasant surprise I was hoping for, but at least it wasn't bad. It was just boring. So I'm going to call it a win, kind of, for me anyway. I mean, I'm still giving it just three stars because it was too blah to score it any higher. But I'm going to end on a positive note. I'm very happy that it didn't make my brain hurt and it didn't force me to give it a more negative score. Three is not bad. It's just also not that good. <laughs> it's probably not worth the trouble of trying to seek it out. Unless you are really into 70s country with a little folk in it. Or maybe outlaw country. He's considered one of the originators of that. Even though... Go ahead. Or if you're a <laughs> psycho like us and have to listen to every freaking album from the year. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You know, I will say, Mickey Newberry did not like the direction that Outlaw Country went. He was very um, dismissive of that. But he is considered one of the originators of that style. You know, I didn't think there was anything Outlaw about this, though, I gotta say. But for the average listener, you, know, you may not be upset about listening to this album, Heaven Help the Child, but there are also... <coughs> Excuse me. There are also better choices to spend your time on. So, yeah. Three stars for Mickey Newberry. Heaven help the child. That's one I probably will have to wind up missing. I mean, I may try to pick two or three songs out so I can get a feel for Mr. Newberry. But, yeah, sometimes they can't all be winners. When we listen to all of them, there's going to be good. There's going to be great. There's going to be bad. And there's going to be really bad. We didn't have any really bad this week. So that's good. And it looks like next week... It's going to be a pretty good week again. At least one artist that I know for sure that I really love. But we've talked about what so far this year. David Ruffin, former Temptations artist. I don't think he's with them now in 73. <laughs> now I'll be in 73. Um, but next week we do have, we're well, next week we are winding up February. First off, I'll say that. So the albums we're going to be talking about next week are all like the last week of February. So, And we'll be coming up with March, which March is uh, when things really start kicking off. But like I said, we've already talked about David Ruffin from The Temptations. And I said I missed all like the other, the background harmonies and the vocals and everything. It just didn't hit with me. Well, we get the Temptations. <laughs> we have, uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the Temptations Masterpiece. Come on, we know that album. I've heard that album before. Maybe not the whole album, but I do know I'm familiar with Masterpiece. That's a really big one. <laughs> it's a big one. Yep. <laughs> we have, the both of us are going to be talking another huge album. We have Alice Cooper, Billion Dollar Babies. Alice Cooper's going to be in concert uh, pretty close to here pretty soon, so I'm Really looking forward to that. I'm going to try to catch that. He's an artist that won't charge $8,000 for his tickets. Like some of these artists that are coming out lately, you know, ah, last tour. So, but uh, sour grapes there. I just recently saw a $150 ticket for someone that is about $50 worth. 
but we're not going to be mean. We're not going to bring out their name. We also will be talking about Dr. John in the right place. I thought we'd already talked about Dr. John's in the right place. Nope. Well, we might have talked about it, but we didn't review that album. I don't know. I know that song. I've already had that song. We've had that song. So maybe he re-brought it, he brought it back out because he doesn't have that much uh, good stuff. Oh, I said it. Oh, yes. No. That song was a big hit. That's why we've talked about it and why you know it. But we're also going to be talking about John Cale, Paris 1919. That's an album that uh, Luke was excited for, I think. I remember you saying that. Um, John Cale, I, and we've reviewed some of his stuff. He's immensely talented. I don't usually like his stuff when he performs it. (laughs) I like it when he writes for other people or, or is like they're involved in the project. It's like a Chris Christopherson kind of thing for me. Like I would much rather, I like, I love their work. I just don't like their performance of said work most of the time. We'll see. Maybe Mr. Cale can prove me wrong. But I think he's been involved with production on something already this year that I've talked about. I don't don't remember. But I know he's a good producer as well as a musician. But that one could be hit or miss. We'll just say that. Now, our solo albums. I don't think yours is going to be good. I'm going to go ahead and say that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't either. You have Fairport Port Conventions, Rosie. (laughs) Not Not to run everybody away. And if everyone likes Fairport Convention or wants to check them out, if everyone's listening along, there you go. I don't. (laughs) And then um, Ramsey Lewis is my solo album. The album is Funky Serenity. I don't know that one. It sounds like it could be jazz, but we'll see. Everyone out there? (laughs) Because, I mean, they're throwing throwing funky in on me, but then they got Serenity as well. So that's what it made me think of it. So, yay, more jazz, but hey, at least it's not Fairport Convention. But, uh, yeah, if everyone is listening along with us, though, those are the albums that we'll be listening to, reviewing, and talking about next week. So, if you want to listen along with us, you know, listen ahead, maybe uh, your reviews will differ from ours. Maybe you'll agree with us completely. If you're right, you will. So, <laughs> but I don't really think I have much anything else to, to say for this week. I've droned on long enough. I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing me make bad corny dad jokes and diss their favorite artists. But do you have anything else to add this week, Amy? No. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to next week. You know, there's some stuff that I think I will enjoy. Well, there's some stuff I know I'll enjoy. Temptations. So, I'm more excited about next week than I was about this week. And I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. If I'm not mistaken... Not this week, but next week will be our 100th episode that we've done. So we may have to do something a little extra. I don't know. We'll see. So much music, so little time. So, but if I'm, I'm going to go back and make sure of that. But I believe that is our, it will be our 100th broadcast episode. So, podcast episode. <laughs> but be on the lookout for that. But yeah, next week we do have some good albums. It's going to be a good week, I'm sure. But I hope everyone out there is happy, healthy, safe, stays away from Chinese spy balloons and Russian, you know, whatever that is, (laughs) UFOs, aliens, stay away from it all. Just listen to good music and treat each other with kindness, everyone, and have a good week. Take care. Take care.